Hello, everyone. Welcome back to La Saludable Latina podcast. I am your host, Lilia Gomez. I created this space to promote health awareness within women's health issues. Each episode is made with love and support with the purpose of inspiring and empowering you. We hope to motivate one another to live a healthier lifestyle. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Carolina Aceves and why she became an organ donor and how her mom was part of that story. Also, Dr. Chelly is back with us in episode number 19, so we welcome her back. Listas? Here we go. Bueno, chicas, welcome back to La Saludable Latina. We are here with Dr. Chelly. Hi, everyone. Where have you been, girl? <laughs> oh my God, I've been gone. So I do apologize to everybody. Um, I've been studying for my licensing exam, um, which is really intense. It was a very intense two months. Uh, so I was every single day just hustling, studying. Uh, and so lots of life stuff happened. Um, and unfortunately, I did not pass. I was close. Uh, so I'm kind of taking a step back, regrouping, uh, coming back to the podcast. I'm Thank excited. You so much. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep moving forward. And so I promise not to disappear. I'm going to do it differently this time. <laughs> no, of course. Um, we can always um, plan in advance to seeing how many episodes. But we're glad to have you back because, as we know, when you have testing or certain things that you're doing in your life when you're preparing for a big exam or a big move or a big job like we need to prepare ourselves mentally but also spiritually too right yeah. because yeah. it's a lot of stress but we have Carolina back thank you so much Carolina for coming back and if for those of you that don't know we did a previous recording with Carolina Aceves actually today we have the honor to interview Carolina because <laughs> she's going to open her heart to us and let us know her story of why she decided to be an organ Yes. So we're going to get started and give you the platform, and then we'll jump in and ask questions here and there. Okay. Yeah. I, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun last time. It was awesome meeting you. Yeah. Okay. So when did you find out that your mom was diagnosed with her condition? Okay. And from there, how long did it take her to find out that it wasn't going to be something that she was going to easily manage? Mm -hmm. And then it obviously it progressed to being able to needing a, a, kidney. Organ, a kidney. It happened probably within a span of like five to six years. Mm -hmm. It was out of nowhere, I felt like. She was always a, a hard worker. So she um, is a single mom of uh, three of us. And I remember her coming home and, you know, being really upset or like working a lot of overtime she, I remember just very, very, very clearly, I remember her telling me, hey, you know, I went to the doctor and they prescribed a medication. I don't know, she, do you think I should take it or not? Okay, so she did come to you and mention a medication, but she didn't go into the diagnosis as of yet, right? Because we didn't know the diagnosis. Okay. As of yet. So okay. this was just kind of like, hey, the doctor, you know, said that, you know, that I had to be on this medication for six months, nine months, and it's going to be a very intense medication. Do you think I should take it or not? And I remember thinking, like, well, I don't know. Like, but as a single mother, like, I think kind of went with us to see what we thought, you mm -hmm. know? It's a support system type of right, situation. Right, right. 
So we're like, well, I mean, I don't know. You, if you, I believe if the doctor's telling you, then then yeah. And you know, you assume that the doctors know what's going on. Anyways, that medication was so harsh on her body that it created it and it started attacking itself. So it attacked the kidney. It created an autoimmune you know, disease. I have a friend who's going through something similar. So it ended up being, and I don't know if it's the same situation. It's a the TB test. Do you know how most Mexicans mm-hmm. or most Latinos? Because you can have the, um, the, the shot. The yeah. shot. ¿Cómo se dice la viruela en el brazo? la viruela en el brazo. Okay. So most of it, most of the time, it comes positive, but it's not active in your system. It's just dormant. Right. right. So that medication, they said, well, take it and then you know, like help with like if it in the future it becomes like tuberculosis or whatever, it will help you. Well, what they didn't say or they didn't tell her is that she had to have continuous um, water. Like, she had to make sure that she was drinking water. And she also had to um, she also had to make sure that she, you know, was taking care of herself and checking up. Mm-hmm. So, moral of the story is that it messed her up. She ended up um, bleeding. They ended up making a test, and they said that her kidneys were, like, shutting down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you got the notification that her kidneys were shutting down, before she got to the point that her kidney was failing, like, when did she start feeling any symptoms? Were any symptoms presentable or was it mostly dormant? Because no. we have to realize that sometimes symptoms are not even there. Right. You know, because you can be going on about your day and right. then nothing's going on. And then all right. of a sudden, perhaps maybe she went back to the doctor's office at some point and right. had some blood analysis done, right, or something well, along the way? what ended up happening is we didn't know that it was the kidney. She just bled out, and then they, you know, submitted her and said that she had an autoimmune disease. Oh, mm-hmm. And so they had to do, we didn't think of it, like, too serious, because we, ne- we were always really concerned of cancer, because our family members mm-hmm. have died of cancer the whole time. We're like, oh, mamá, chequete para si tienes cancer, you know, like ovarian or breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So she was always checking up and everything was fine. So we never have had any issues with diabetes or kidney issues at all. So when the doctors asked for her to have a biopsy in her kidney, that's when they realized that everything, that it was, it was done. It was devastating. It changed it changed everything. I think I remember sitting in the car, we were crying, and she was, I told her, I remember telling her, Mom, it's going to just know that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. when did she have her biopsy done before she got the full diagnosis? I think it was within, like, a couple weeks. I don't remember. It was years ago, so I don't remember the details. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember thinking it could have been prevented Yeah. if the doctors kept track on her because it's such a harsh medication mm-hmm. that you need to check in every couple of mu- every couple of weeks like and i think they a month didn't do that no wow no and the reason why i know that it wasn't done is because i had to be on it to be able to donate my kidney mm-hmm. okay. so wow yeah did, did so, you have a question dr chelly well i to... had a question about you know what the prognosis was when they told her when they gave her the results and for the kidney or for um, when you first found out when you were because you said that um, the autoimmune you, disease yeah it was and then you were in the car and you guys were crying right. but like what was the prognosis at that time <laughs> nothing that's they the thing like anything. they didn't say anything they just said she has an autoimmune disease I don't remember what it was it's like this huge long mm-hmm. medical term but I just remember them kind of dumbing it down like saying like she's fine we have to make sure that her kidneys like are not like they're stable right because it attacked Mm -hmm. it so much to where 
I think her kidneys at a certain point were working at a 30 to 25 percent. And we're like, okay, well, it's like, well, people live, you know, but in the future, she is going to need a transplant. Within two years, it, the doctor said, no, okay, you need to get a transplant now or you're going to go on dialysis. Because mm-hmm. I think it has to be like up to when the limit is 12%. But if you're thinking about it, I mean, 12% out of like two functioning kidneys is nothing. Right. And that's yeah. what filters your blood. Right. Yeah. All the toxins and everything. At the beginning, I think, after the initial shock, we were just kind of, I don't know, we didn't know any better, I guess. You're just yeah. like, oh, well. And you're trusting. Right, you're trusting the doctors. Yeah. yeah, so the first, like, two, three years, we were just kind of like, oh, okay, well, she goes to the doctor. Am I going to the doctor? Yeah. But then I started, like, asking questions to, his, uh, to her nephrologist. Like, really, hey, like, what's what's the deal here? What is, like, how, how is she supposed to eat? Like, what is she supposed to do? And they were very vague. Mm-hmm. They never wanted to give us any like a resource to like food like okay so you're saying like as when you were in that process where you took the information Mm -hmm. you were all shocked because I think at some point when anyone gets diagnosed with a severe condition or prognosis or depending on the stage of the chronic disease right is that we're at a standstill it's like all we hear is a diagnosis and what's going to happen and then from there we lean on the provider for trust right and then if you don't get your questions answered they become very vague right and sometimes what can happen is a, a lack of referrals or a lack of knowledge from the provider right perhaps the provider is specialized in that one area for that kidney um, mm-hmm. condition but maybe he didn't know if he had a nutritionist that he could have referred you to right or he didn't know there was a health educator Right. or counseling, mm-hmm. or a therapist that could have helped you in that process right. because there's just so much going on in that diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? And you you started to be an advocate for your mom. Right. Because you were right. curious, what right. is really going on? Right. And I became an advocate for my mom not because of, like, I, I don't know if I was being proactive. Mm-hmm. I was just seeing her, like, struggle and seeing her get really irritated. I remember, like, she would tell me, because I would go to her doctor's appointments with her, and she would be, like, screaming, saying, I'm not going to take these effing medications. Like, all they want to do is give me medication. All they care about is money. Like, all mm-hmm. like they're just, like, filling me up with medication that I don't want to take. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting really upset at her, and I'm like, you have to take your medication because you're scared because you don't right. know. You don't know, yeah. And I would be so upset with her. I remember, like, screaming at her, like, you want to die, like, super dramatic, right? Like, you know, you need to take your medication, you need to go to the doctor, you need to listen to everything they say. And, like, this just shows, like, how much we know our own bodies, right? Mm-hmm. I remember her saying, like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to take the medication. Like, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take enough, but I'm not going to take to the doses that they're asking me to. Did she say why? No, she just said that it would make her feel shitty. Okay. Um, excuse my language. But I remember thinking, like, I remember at one point I told her, I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Like, it's your life. Like, I love you, but I can't tell you what to do. And so, um, she just kind of, I just saw the frustration. Like, she's like, you don't understand. Like, people that have, like, I think what she was trying to say is that you don't understand what it feels like. She's like, you don't know what I'm going through. And she would cry, and she's like, you don't know. And I was like, I know, Mom, I'm sorry, I don't know. But I could understand, no. I connect with your mom right there, but just because of my personal journey in April, is that as much as you try to be there for someone, and I think, Chili, you've been in that position too, it's like you never really know how it really feels until you're in 
in those shoes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it was so admirable that you were there with Mm -hmm. your mom consistently and not giving up on her because you truly believed that she was going to get better and there was going to be a way. So so having that said. And it's hard to see that as a child, even though we're adults, you know, Mm -hmm. because I can totally relate because my dad um, had, uh, actually with TB, Mm -hmm. yeah, so he went to the doctor and they, they saw something. Right that I guess he was positive or there was like an outbreak. So it, it got to the point where the, um, what is it, the county got involved. Okay. And they had, so he he was on a series of medications and he's already had a heart attack. Yeah. So he's on a, like a certain amount of medications. Mm-hmm. And then they added all of these. He was taking like 20 pills like a day. And he had, like I had my mom and I had to help him like put them all right. like in the pill box and... Mm-hmm. Um, he does gardening work, so right. it's very intense. And so he would come home, and he looks so beat up. Right. And I'm like, but you have to take it, you know. know. Or, or, but can you talk to your doctor? Maybe they can change right. the medication. But it's just so painful and to see that, and you know. I can I can see like your like the perspective of your dad. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know my mom like what she mm-hmm. went through. Your dad yeah, went through, yeah. but. You're tired. You know, she would just be like, I'm just, I, I'm tired. You don't know. And I think uh, it's so funny that you mentioned Brene Brown because the first thing that I have ever saw of her, it was a, a YouTube clip on empathy. Mm. And I always think, I always felt like I was very empathetic, you know, mm. but when I saw her video, she, it really cleared things up. So there's a difference between empathetic and just saying, oh, dang, that sucks for you. Like, it sucks that you're going through that. Mm-hmm. You know, and just trying to silver line it because mm-hmm. most of the time people don't want you to fix their problems because they know that you right. cannot fix it. Anything right. you say, you're not going to be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, dang, that sucks. Yeah. Like, I am, like, here with you mm-hmm. yeah. in your struggle. When your mom was sharing those thoughts and feelings with you, how did you feel? Because you just described that you saw a video of how to be empathetic. So how do you relate when you were going through that process with your mother. that Was that timely with her? No. Oh, so okay. I saw this video right after. But think, like, going back to it and thinking, I just remember first fighting, right? First, like, arguing with her, like, no, 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 you got to listen to your doctors. And then kind of just saying, okay, like, I can't force you to do anything you don't want to do. And I love you, and I want you to be here as much, as long as possible. But you are responsible for your life. I'm not responsible for your life, but I just wanted to let you know that I love you, and that's why I'm telling you this. And I don't know what you're going through, and this is exactly what I told her. I don't know what you're going through, Mom. But it's also very difficult for me to see you like this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that, like, I don't know if you guys go through this, but there's certain moments in life, like, specific season of your life, and you have, like, like little bookmarks mm-hmm. of times and places that you remember. And that I remember that was one of the moments that I kind of always have on my mind and that I remember very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely could relate. Um, so how long would you say your mom was on dialysis before you started to notice that the condition was getting more severe and eventually she would need a um, organ? She was in dialysis for two years, but I remember... Um, the first year, she decided we were going to give her, we were not going to do this, the uh, hemodialysis, which I believe is the one where you go into the hospital with your blood, within your blood. Okay. This is peritoneal 
dialysis where it's um, they have like a catheter in your stomach which filters your um, I think it's like a water like salt water or sugar water sorry and it just like removes all the toxins it fills up your belly mm -hmm. and then it releases all the toxins mm. it's not as intense as this uh, blood one but I remember it was at home so even though it was annoying because it's everything has to be clean there's a process you know it really did help her I would say a year, like mm -hmm. six months to a year. I remember seeing her just like suffer from like extreme cramps in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. or she would just be like tired and just like, I don't know, she couldn't eat certain things, and that was really intense. Mm -hmm. Like I remember her uh, being really frustrated because she couldn't eat like birria, or I don't remember what it was, something really salty because you're not supposed to eat like okay. a lot of salt. And she's like, you don't know what it's like. I can't eat. And I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. But one of the things that I saw was that um, I remember researching like, like likelihood of like living with uh, dialysis because the doctors would say, oh, you can live on dialysis. You know. So I think we automatically assumed that it was fine. Mm -hmm. But then I researched and I saw that after two years, kidney uh, like people that need kidney transplant there's a 50% rejection rate if it's more than two years. Mm -hmm. And this was like in the year mark. And I was like, oh, shit. Excuse my language again. Yeah, no, no, we're not. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, like, I can't, like, we can't just, like, hope that there is, like, like a donor. Because she was on the registry list. But it takes, mm -hmm. like, they told us it was going to be, like, 10 years. Wow. When she got on the registry list, did she get at the beginning when she was diagnosed? Girl, I was on it. Like, okay. so I you was had to be like on, it. on it, right? I was away. on it. But it, she was on the list for like four, four years, four or five years. I mean, she's probably still on the list now, but uh -huh. I remember thinking, like, we would call and be like, oh, is there, is, like, what's the update? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're kind of soon, you know, like a couple more years. And I was like, no, she can't oh wait. Oh, my gosh. I remember thinking, like, no, this is, like, not possible. So um, I got tested and, you know, I wasn't. A, a match and my sister and my brother got tested and they weren't a match my aunt from Guadalajara got tested and she was a match but she had other uh, she was older and she had other issues so they didn't recommend for her to get it which is totally understandable so mm -hmm. I told them was there anything else I can do like what what else and so they said well you can enter the exchange program and I was like what can you like, describe that yeah, what the exchange yeah. Program? so the exchange program is again like, like a national computer like mega computer that has everybody that needs a kidney like their like loved ones can sign up mm -hmm. if they're not a match and they input all their information and they just kind of like do like a, a database. A right? database, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like a chain. So it could be like a small chain of three people, like one, you know, donates to the other, or it could be like a chain a, of seven. Yeah, okay. seven people. So I, you know, this is a, us three, right? Mm -hmm. I need to match my mom, but I don't match with my mom, but your mom matches with my mom. Mm -hmm. And your parent or your sibling or whoever needs a kidney matches with them. Mm -hmm. So then you give it to me, she gives it to you, and then so it's just... So like an exchange. An ex yeah. Wow. And I remember thinking how beautiful that was, and it all started with this father that needed a kidney transplant for his daughter. Mm. He needed it so badly, he didn't care. He was like, I don't care who I need to, like, I'll give my kidney to whoever, and that's how it all started. I, I don't know, it's just like a really, really beautiful thing, but 
it's a process. Mm-hmm. It really is a process. So it is a process. So now that you found like a possible solution, you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, yeah. we got a solution. Right. What was the next process? Because obviously nothing comes easy, right? No. Mm-hmm. Nothing <laughs> comes easy in life. So obviously there's always something behind it. So right. what did you have to do as far as the process? So people who have maybe certain family members that are waiting for an organ donation, mm-hmm. like so they can kind of see a little bit of your aspect of how you went through this the steps well they make it very easy but it's a lot of steps so first they you know have a conversation with you and say okay well we need you to go like is this something that you're like interested in like what's like what's the purpose like and then after that they send you to a doctor to get just like a general checkup okay um and uh and it has to be with them wherever you know hospital you you are at and then um once they do a general checkup um, they give you like an action plan of everything that you need to do. So this involves psychological, mm-hmm. counseling, nutritionist, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, anything to do with the body and the mind. Everything. It's like yeah. mind as well. Like, yeah. hey, are you being coerced to do this? Are, are you being pressured? Like, are you getting paid to do this? Oh my God, you know what? I never really thought about it. Actually, when you're describing that process, there's a movie. Um, I think it's my my sister my sister's keeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen that. Oh my but god, I, it's a yeah. beautiful movie. But it describes. I was like, it's too sad. I can't watch it. It's, it's, a, it's a bit sad, <laughs> but it kind of describes what Carolina is mentioning. With like, are you being pressured? Are mm. you being um, are you being notified correctly of why you're doing it? So, in this movie, the mother decided to have another child because her first child was diagnosed with a severe condition. So they had a second child because she was a match to be able to do the bone marrow transplant. And this is with Cameron Diaz, right? So I think as you're describing that, people should be aware because although sometimes you do it voluntarily from your good heart, um, at times in the medical profession, they need to have these questions like, are you being pressured? And right. I think that's a good topic to address for anyone that wants to be an organ donor because sometimes we do need to be a little bit mindful of like, are you doing it because you really are doing it from your own good soul and your heart right. and you're coming from a good place? Right. Or are you doing it for other reasons? So right. that movie to me was like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, this little girl who was I would 10. cry. I haven't seen it. But I would no, cry throughout yeah. the whole thing. She was like an amazing actress mm-hmm. and she just described the process of they're taking without my consent. Mm-hmm. And it was just so heartbreaking because although the parents loved her, just like how you love your yeah. mom, she was a child. Yeah. So the parents' consent was over the child. Right. But here you are as an adult yeah. giving consent because yeah. you were in the place that no. Right. I'm voluntarily doing this right. because it has a purpose not only for me but for your mother. Right. And I mean I got to be honest with you, it's not like it didn't cross my mind of being scared. When we first realized that the doctor said no, she needs a transplant. That's the only solution. Um I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, I'll donate my kidney." But then you think about everything and you're like, "Wait, like I don't know. I don't know if I can like and I think it's normal. I think people shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're ha- cutting, you're taking something away from your body. Like, it's kind of a big deal, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, 
no, I should want to give this kidney, like, immediately. But I remember, like, subconsciously, like, being like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I was like, wait, like, I don't know if and I want to do this. And then I'm probably some guilt if you don't right. want to or if you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's okay. Like, I don't think that – I I think that you wouldn't be able to continue the process if they knew. If they, they would totally know. Um, but I remember feeling, like, that hesitation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, like after like a little bit, like I think it was like a, like two weeks or something that I remember thinking like, no, like this is what I want to do because like I remember my mom said to me, see if I remember, she was like, honey, she's like, mija, no sé si no sé si deberías de darme el riñón a mí, pues yo y tú estás apenas viviendo, you know. And, like, it's, it's, That's it's, such a mom to say. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I, know, like, I almost want to tear up yeah. because, yeah. It's like your mom telling you, like, you know, I know I'm in a okay place, yeah. but you're still young, right? right? So but I, I've lived my life, you still right. have yours yeah. to live. Right. Yeah. Yo me acuerdo decir, ama, prefiero, prefiero vivir la vida teniéndote tú aquí y un poco menos que no, vivir la vida sin ti. Like, as dramatic as that sounds. Like, that sounds a little drama, right? I'm getting a little too. It's because yeah, like, it's true. It's true. true. Like, she has sacrificed her whole life for us. Oh, no, like, you're going to make me yeah. cry. No, just like most of our mothers. Like, really. Like, yeah. waking up, being a Latina immigrant, first generation. Like, I don't think that's what I'm saying. Like, being a single mom is, like, the most beautiful thing. You sacrifice everything. Gay Starbucks. Gay, you know, weekends with the girls. Like, no. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, like, everything of her life has revolved around making sure that we are okay and that we live a good life. And she did an amazing job, I think. I mean, I told my mom, we're not in jail. Yeah. <laughs> we don't exist. You know? Yeah. Like, that is true. No somos vagas. No somos pirufas en la calle. I know. Like, seriously. Like, I know, I like, no, but, but, tú, I like, mom, you're so lucky. You have such amazing kids. And they say, ay, ustedes están muy lucky because I, you know, I'm not a, like, you know, a terrible mom. That like, is ah. true. That is true. So, but yeah, like, it's just, so when I went through the process, like, you know, I remember getting really frustrated in the middle of it because, like, you would go get a test, but I was told I was pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. Most of kidney disease is because people are diabetic, so that's that's what's a result of mm-hmm. um, of diabetes is kidney disease. Right. So they told me, okay, you need to lose weight, you need to change your eating habits, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What did I sign up for? No. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I lost, like, 15 to 20 pounds and I got my le- my sugar levels like on point within like two months, and the doctor was like, "Dang, like, what do you do?" I'm like, "Hey, when you want something, <laughs> I gotta save my mom. You got you, when you want something, you'll make it happen. You know. You know what? Yeah. That is so true, and we often forget to make it happen because right. life happens, right? right? But you made it happen because yeah. you were like, "I'm on a mission, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna accomplish it." Yeah. So, describing that process that you had to do all these little yeah. factors for it. At the end of doing the process, how did you feel? I was, was irritated. The so they told me, okay, this is the last uh, series of like appointments that you're gonna have did to do. Did you have to take medications or anything? For I had it? to take one medication because of the TB thing. Oh right. And I stopped taking it because they're like, oh, you only have to take it for like a. Oh. But <laughs> the coordinator said, as long as you take it for a month and a half, you'll you'll be good. Mm-hmm. So I remember the last the appointment schedule date. 
I was irritated, honestly, you guys. I was frustrated because they keep asking you the same damn question. Like, mm-hmm. what more do you guys want? They kept saying, well, you know, these are the risks and this is what's going to happen. And your uh, risk of cancer is higher. And, you know, what if you, the kidney might reject and your mom might not get a kidney? You're going to have to live with having to donate a kidney and your mom not getting a kidney. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, it's going to be harder for you to, you know, have a pregnancy because it's going to be, I mean, you're pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. you know, pregnancy is really difficult, you know, and your sugar levels go up or whatever. It's possible, totally possible, but they they don't scare you, but they tell you, like, the worst case scenario. You know, there's possible death, you know, this is the thing. And I'm, and I'm like, so those questions were always there every time you went through the every process? Every single wow. time that I went. At the end of it, I was irritated. I was like, you guys, how many times do I have to tell you? Yes, yes. Like, Did they explain why they had to? Like, um, I have my yeah. guess is for why. Liability thing. I mean, okay. I would still have to, I had to sign a paper. Yeah. Um, so. You gotta sign your life away. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And then that, I think that comes with any document. Right. It doesn't have yeah. to be just medical. You're signing like, right. your life away as soon as you put your your signature on that crispy yeah. white little paper <laughs> with the black pen. Yeah. But having to be frustrated yeah. Because you already knew, like, I'm 100% sure. Yeah, like, I had no doubt. Like, I just wanted to get it over with. I just wanted my mom to have a kidney already because I think we had been living this. Because it doesn't only affect her. Yeah. It affects the whole family. It shifts, like, Everything. whenever. I'm sure you understand. Well, you, well everybody. Yeah. 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 Like, my dad had a heart attack, like, three years ago. And then my mom recently had... Um, uh, she had to have a pacemaker oh my uh, implanted because she fainted at like my sister's wedding. Luckily, it was at the oh end, God. but you know, <laughs> but still. Yeah. So that those two incidents completely shifted the whole the dynamics and and just daily living and even your own perspective. Yeah. On, you know how you want to live. Yeah. And I'm sure with even with uh, the situations with your parents. The dynamics between you and your siblings, I'm sure there were certain so buttings of heads. So how was that dynamic for, for your siblings? Because you have two other siblings, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So when you decide to take the, honestly, the ownership, you know, mm-hmm. to step in and say, you know what, my mom doesn't have this amount of time to be on the wait list, you right. know, because... Honestly, those wait lists are unrealistic. That's crazy. Be quite and honest. is that something that you discuss with your siblings? Like, yeah, I mean, my uh, my younger brother is he's young, like he's he's twenty two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and my older sister, she was getting pregnant, you know. Oh. So it's kind of unrealistic, and I yeah. I just didn't want her to wait. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, there's no possible way that she's gonna go three years, especially when I saw this. Uh, the data in regards to the probability of her right. kidney rejecting. I'm like, no, like that's not possible. Um, so I just figured like it was, I mean, plus, I mean, I'm biased, but I feel like my mom and I have a really close bond. My sister, my brother are going to kill me. They're going to be like, you know no, what? no, don't even worry about that because um, I'm going to say right now, in a family of more than one sibling, there's, a parent's always going to have a close relationship to one of the siblings. Right. And it's true. okay to have that. That's you know, true. I don't think people should say, oh, está celosa or está celoso. It's just, they just have a bond. Right. You know? And you can't break I, that. You know, it's just something that exists. Yeah, yeah, I always got mad at my dad because he's like, oh, la parejita, la parejita. Because it's yeah, always been. 
me and my mom and then my sister my sister and my dad yeah yeah, yeah like so. like parejita la pareja uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the same thing that I say with my mama it's like oh allá vas con tu amiguita you know like <laughs> pero and it's lo, lo digo con cariño right because I know that their relationships is different compared to my relationship with my mom right. we all had that loving relationship but like you said yeah you had you know I mean I felt I felt like it is I told my mom all the time I'm like it's okay they know like, uh-huh. <laughs> only because I've always, I'm a very outgoing person mm-hmm. so when I was younger a mom which you know so she I was like her sidekick you know mm-hmm. like my sister was a little timid a little shy so you know my mom would say hey go ask this you know because we were talking about the whole being the executive or the oh, assistant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The personal well, assistant she gave herself an executive I gave myself a personal assistant <laughs> title you know. I mean like yeah because I say executive assistant because I would have to do actually fill out legal documents you know ah, like, yeah, yeah. this is real I mean this is like it's a lot life. of like, yeah. uh, like Latino like moms that is first generation like, oh, yeah. I don't know you assume the role of because right. you know English, so, you know, even and though you're, you're smart, child, so right. you're yeah. designated team leader. Yeah, so <laughs> an interpreter at the same time. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I would always, as growing up, I was always with her, like, going run errands or, you know, go, Caro, I said it's okay, you know, uh-huh. good, you know, so I don't know. At least I believe that, that, you know, I was uh, the favorite. I think we all know that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, at the end, I was just really irritated. I was like, you guys just how difficult is it to like I'm giving you the kidney like just shut up and take the damn kidney you know yeah but then came the second phase where it's like okay you filled out all the dots like everything's good now we're putting you in the computer system all of this took like so you weren't even the computer not even in the computer system oh no this is like almost a year process right Wow. And then I was like, okay, cool. I'm in the computer system. Once you input it, it'll be right away. But my mom is like, I think she was like at a 3%, like she would match with other people. Mm. So we didn't think that she was going to get a match right away. And it was, it honestly happened within like a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. It was shocking, Uh but I was really happy. And I think that God does work in mysterious ways. And I get choked up right now because... The, re- the only reason my mom got a match is because a mom was donating her kidney in advance because her son has the same, like, really difficult-to-match kidney. Mm-hmm. So her son hasn't even had a match, hasn't even gotten a donor yet. So I couldn't even imagine, like, giving up my kidney with the possibility that my mom will never get her kidney. Yeah. So once it happened, it was just all really quickly. Honestly, I got the call. I bawled out. You know, I was like bawling. I, was like, ah. I would be too. Yeah. I was at work. I too. was wondering, yeah. can you tell us like how you found out? Yeah. Well, my mom is a chismosita, you know. Yeah. So she was like, mija, mija. I was at work. Uh-huh. And I answered, I'm like, hello. And I go, mija, creo que te va a llamar Tammy. Tammy is the coordinator. Mm-hmm. So creo que te va a llamar Tammy. No sé, creo que encontraron un, un riñón. I go, are you sure, mom? Okay, andale, pues tú. She keeps always saying that. I was like, uh-huh. Within like an hour, I get a call. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I go to the, my, the break room. And then Tammy's like, okay, Carolina, we found a match for your mom. And I immediately start bawling. Oh and I'm like, gosh. my coworker, I remember one of my coworkers, he was like, I was sitting down. He like walks by to go into the elevator, and I'm like bawling. He's just looking at me, and then tries to like look away because like it was kind of awkward. I didn't, you know. So to this day, I don't know if he he knows like what was going on, but 
Yeah, he, she told me that. And she's like, hey, nothing is set, you know. We still have to, like, make arrangements, you know. But within two weeks, surgery, and wow. that was it, yeah. That's crazy. So as soon as you got the news, then she said there was no guarantee, right? Yeah. But then you got a call yeah. for a guarantee. Yeah. So how did you feel when it was all set, locked in, and saying you're going to be the one? This is, yeah, this is your uh, your your surgery date. Your mom is going to have it. Um, hers was on a Tuesday. Mine was on a Wednesday. My biggest fear was her not reject- her body rejecting the kidney. Like, that was my worst fear. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they scare you. Like, they tell you, like, oh, it's a possibility of this, a possibility yeah. of death. I'm they like, have to, like, have all the risks. How about possibility of it working? I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, can we have a little possibility? <laughs> a little bit of faith. Yeah, dear, a little bit of faith. Yeah. <laughs> Putting it out there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when the day happened, there was really nothing to do because they had already checked everything. It was just the sur- day of surgery. Mm-hmm. You guys, I never felt like I am so blessed to be able to be surrounded with so many people that care about me. Like, I got so much love from everybody else. I, I just remember being on the, uh, getting ready to get reeled in mm-hmm. to, uh, like, crap, this is actually happening. You don't think about it until you're, like, there. And um, I was knocked out, so I didn't feel anything. But as soon as I woke up, I just barfed everywhere because, <laughs> well, you're yeah. sick. You really sick. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I couldn't eat anything. Um, but I just was like, how's my mom? Like, how's everything? I just remember asking that. And everybody in the hospital was really nice. And I got so much, like, love from everybody. And it was nice, you know. And That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's amazing to be able to have a, a group to provide you that love and that support in return because... At times, sometimes we don't always get that, right? right? Sometimes we go in for procedure, you're out, and you're at home and discharge. But when you have the right group of medical providers, right, it's like they show you, yeah. man, like this family here, yeah, they've been through yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. And you're coming out even stronger because... Yeah. People say, yeah, I'm willing to do it, but when there come the questions yeah. when you said, am I going over these questions again? Didn't I just say yes? But it's because some, some people do end up backing right. out. Yeah. You know? And I could see that, though, because I remember being there and feeling like, wow, if it, if, if it wasn't my mom or if it wasn't, you know, I would be like, wow, this is, like, this is intense, you know, mm-hmm. this is real, this is not any joking around um, things, so... You have to do it for the right reasons. Yeah. But I just recently, actually on Monday, or I went on for my three-month checkup. Mm-hmm. Oh my they God. wanted to see if I was okay. Uh-huh. I wrote a letter to my recipient because uh-huh. I want to know. Do you know, do you get to know who the recipient is? Well, they have to be. They have to approve it. So I haven't oh. received anything. My mom did receive something from their from from the recipient, but I haven't received anything. Um, and I can totally understand that because I mean you're trying to recover mm-hmm. but I really want to know like I want to know their story I want to know like like, like what I happened think you want to know that at the end of the day the individual still stands yes, yes. two feet right yes and I think that will be a remarkable um, connection in your life if you're able right. to connect with that individual but not only that but for your mother too because right. you guys are both strong mujeres mm-hmm. like it wasn't an easy decision to make yeah. in this journey and you were right there by her side, and she was right by your side, and just yeah. pushing one another to live a healthier lifestyle yeah. with this um, oh, yeah. diagnosis condition and chronic. Uh, she was going through dialysis and all that. So having yeah. that said, now that she's 
gone through surgery and so have you. How are you guys doing today? Mm-hmm. We're doing really good. Honestly, I remember like just a couple of weeks ago telling her like, see, I told you. I told you it was going to get worse before it got better. And I told her like, mom, aren't you excited? This is like a new chapter in your life. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. we got to like go skydive or like. <laughs> I, that memory popped into my head mm-hmm. when you talked about like being in the gurney and you're mm-hmm. like oh shit this is really happening right and I remember going skydiving for my sister's 30th birthday I just kind of went along like because we have this family motto you know estamos juntos en las buenas y en las malas that's our motto yeah and she was with me for my 30th birthday so I went with her and she's like let's go skydiving I'm like yeah sure and then you're standing there you're attached to this person and you're like the, uh, I paid for the photos, mm-hmm. and they took. A, you can see my face. I'm like, stop. <laughs> and then boom, you're out. Yeah. And then it's like the best experience. Well, I had a really great experience. My sister did not, mm-hmm. but um, that experience, like you, you prepared for right. it. You did all that, and it's like, oh shit, now yeah. it's real. But I think the meaning and the value of yeah. it, that you have your mom. Yeah, you know? I mean, and they tell you a lot of times, like you know. Um, a lot, like 70% of the people that donate a kidney get depressed right after. I was, I was really scared about that. Girl, you're like reading my mind. I'm like... I got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one of the things. Um, I didn't worry about it because I was like, I've never really had an issue with that. And we all have... It's normal, I believe. It's yeah. normal to go through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt like I, it was ever like deep depression or anything like that. Debilitating No, no, no. Yeah. I usually just do stuff, you know, like stay active. But I remember as soon as it happened, I don't I think I was trying to like act like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like already up within 2 days. I was like up and going out and like going get coffee and going, you know. And I was like hurting, you know, cuz I was like pain cuz I was going to ask you too, what was the recovery process like as yeah. well? Yeah. I think I was in shock. At first I was like trying to like be like no, no, no everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay. And honestly, the past couple months, like December and January, were very difficult months. Mm-hmm. If I if I want to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and honest with you guys, mm-hmm. because I have people sometimes think that oh everything's fine, everything they meet us, you know, you see Instagram or you see yeah. whatever, like they make assumptions that your life is perfect and you have it all together or whatever. Ahora vemos corazón. No, yes, eso sí cierto, and. And so I did go through a rough time because of multiple things, not only because of the situation with um, the kidney, but also other personal things in my life that happened and you have to reconcile and you have to kind of like, there was this one thing that I saw that said, it's okay to go through uh, joy and grief simultaneously. Oh my gosh, that to me resonated so deeply because I remember thinking like many beautiful things happening in my life that I'm so grateful for but there's also really devastating things happening Mm -hmm. in my life at the same time right I'm like God is really testing and stretching my faith to be able to like get through this because I'm stronger you know and and I can't act like everything's okay I gotta go through go through it and then yeah but um, I was telling you guys that like for the past like couple weeks with the change of my new job or my new role and uh, exercising and eating healthier, I've been feeling so good. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling much better. Yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at now. And what kind of, again, I'm like the mental health yeah. person. So what kind of mental health 
treatment or support was available throughout this process? Mm-hmm. None. None. Because I remember yeah. that when my mom got... That's a really good question. Yeah. I think we addressed this in other episodes where when a family goes through a certain prognosis or consultation with a medical provider and giving a diagnosis, like, where is the mental health support? Yes. Because um, you were describing a moment where you were observing um, a procedure being done and you were thinking, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. what about the family? That's how you I know? started. Um, I switched from, like, neuropsych... Uh, and just or cognitive side to from the biology of the brain to the counseling piece. Maybe we, we need to do a, a yeah. another episode continuing. We're not done with because I think it is a process, and I, I think at times we need to have that clarity for people to be aware of. Right. Because I think at times we often see like, oh, everything went well, everyone's doing good. Right. There was no slip and. S- Slides mm-hmm. like I mean, they get your seven, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, and Chelly brought up a good point where where was the mental health like throughout this whole process? Because you mm-hmm. said as soon as you guys got the diagnosis, you were all sitting in the car crying. Mm-hmm. Where was the provider saying, right. Do you need a counselor or a therapist Let's for support to this process news, the diagnosis? You know? I know. So, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a follow up recording with you to talk about that aspect. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll let Chelly lead on that because she's a specialist in that area. So, sure. chicas, if you have any questions for Carolina or for Dr. Chelly or for myself, please email us at lasaludablelatina at gmail.com because we are constricted on time. Yeah. But we will have a next episode just one little thing oh, no, go for it, girl. I wanted to also uh, if anybody's hearing this and is going through something similar or needs a listening ear or has chronic disease because a chronic disease is most of the time not viewed as serious right. and it's a silent killer internally psychologically, psychologically emotionally too. I, um, we are here to, to listen and you can always contact La Saludable yeah. or Kelly or myself um, and um, just know that you're not alone. Yeah. And one more thing is that I want to make note, especially since we started with like International Women's Day, is the resilience, mm-hmm. you know, just the power even in this room of yeah. women, because I consider myself to be resilient too. And I want to commend you for your resilience throughout this whole process and that you're still giving. Yeah. So thank you. And I want to say thank you for being able to open up your heart and your story because I know it's not an easy story to tell because with that it can trigger so many memories in the yeah. process so I thank you for the time to sit down with us but it's not the last time we're going to have another episode with Dr. Chelly so make sure you tune in for the next episode and we can't wait to hear from you ladies if you have any questions comments you can reach us through the social media Instagram as well at La Saludable Latina and also at the blog site and podcast okay chicas have a wonderful day day evening oh, <laughs> Oh, that's right.